Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien, and as always, coming from Action Park Media Studios here in Beverly Hills with my right-hand man, Scotty Upshaw. Shane, how are you, fella? <laughs> I'm hurting a little bit, Shane. We'll <laughs> oh, me that. too. The captain, Kevin Connolly, in the booth with the mustache. Looks good, cons. Hey, Broadway, so these guys are, uh, what do you guys, uh, how is it you guys say it? Hung, hung titty? titty? Hung titty or hung cheese. We're both of them. No one. red wine, <laughs> just coffee and raspy voices. You guys sound like me. What's up? <laughs> we, we took the option on the wine today for hot tea and coffee. Yeah. Broadway, Jimmy Scoops, how you doing, baby? Boys, I'm doing great. Uh, got some good weather in Boston, but uh, kind of jealous I wasn't out in California with you guys last week here. Yeah, you see what you missed? Look at how great these guys yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you look still pretty good. You I don't fine. know. You, fuck you always look good up, dog. So do you all. Jimmy, always. you know how you said I was one of the best hungover players, you know, to play the game? Well, I could not have played a fucking hockey match nor put on my skates <laughs> Sunday morning. I was so fucking hurting. <laughs> you went three for three. We drank 15 balls of wine at Russ Cortinal's Thursday night after Sherwood. Oh, my and God. Updog- 15. We'll put the picture out on Instagram. It was two <laughs> magnums to start off, too, and they literally went down like they were fucking Coors Lights. Updog oh. wakes up at 9 to go play Bel Air, knocks on my door to get the keys. He's like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here, Robes. I'm like, okay, buddy. I don't know. How- you had a lot of energy that morning. Well, I slept on Rusty's couch, and he lives right on uh, like hole 14 at Sherwood. And I wake up to fucking lawnmowers right in the back of my mind, like, just, I don't know if you ever slept on a golf course like so close oh, to yeah. the fucking yeah. tee box. I used to have a house back on number they one. They were just, and I'm, oh, I was fucking, win- and so I, anyway, I jumped out in his pool. It was ice cold. It was the only way I could get That's up. That's a good feeling, though. It, oh, it yeah, was perfect. Was unreal feeling I jumped right out there. in the coal and poured myself a uh, coffee and Bailey's. I fucking went in and got the keys, and I drove right to uh, right to Bel Air for a nice Friday afternoon match. A couple transfusions off the first tee box, and how are you? Yeah. Is that uh, Courtney's basement bar that he had going down there? So he has a sick one-story house, redid it, pool, hot tub, and let me say, he's got a great wine fridge because I was like, Rusty, I'm going to bring up a ball of duck horn and some, some cigars. He's like, don't worry about it. I got both of those things. I bet you I smoked fucking nine cigars. Yeah, and then he's like, well, if you like Cubans. Yeah, yeah. If you like Cubans. How the sort of lungs feel the next day there, Obes? Buddy, I had to drive all the way back to Newport to play at the Friday game with the boys. So I actually had the 70s road trip playlist going. I felt pretty good, though. I had a Bailey's coffee. Rusty, the veteran, gave me one in the morning. So... I got off to a great start too Friday. I had birdied two of the first five holes, and then the back nine, I might have had a little bit too much to drink. You know when you have the buzz going and you, you go over the line, you're like, uh-oh. Got a lazy <laughs> swing. Swing gets a little slower. It got a little, it got a little loose on me on the back, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was a fun weekend, but we're paying the price today for it. But Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But speaking of golf. Yeah, Masters week, boys. I watched... Fuck, I watched so much live at the Masters. Uh, Brandel Chambly, guys, is like human dictionary. Eh? The guy has so many fun. I'm like, I got to press pause to see what he's saying. But what'd you think of Masters week up, dog? I loved it. Uh, n- nothing better than than watching the boys parade around Augusta, uh, you know, looking at that course. It brings back some good memories. But a little different with no fans, as we all, I think, uh, every fan of golf, uh, the best thing about the Masters is the roars and, the you know, the Sunday chills that you get. But... Uh, it was something just to watch DJ go out there and, and pretty much play pitch and putt. Yeah. I don't think he hit oh. a bad shot all weekend. Uh, to see, like, you know, the, the tears come down his face when he, when he gave his acceptance speech. Uh, for a guy that was so close years ago, uh, number one in the world, to go in and, and get hurt. It was good to see him, like you said, for a guy who doesn't get very emotional. He grew up an hour from there, so, you, you know, that was the one tournament and you know, his brother on the bag who I met at Gaza Ranch, who's a pretty good dude too. So you could see that was emotional. It was pretty fun. But Broadway, what'd you take away from it? Uh, I was fired up to see Tiger throw his lowest round on Thursday. I thought he was going to be dialed in for the whole weekend. 
But um, like you said, that uh, Dustin Johnson, he was just he was full uh, ready to throw darts the entire time he was out there. He looked unbelievable, but I did not win my Masters pool. I'll tell you that I was sitting pretty after day one. I like seventh place out of 80 teams. I think I ended up 77. So that wasn't a good finish for me. Guess who did win their master's pool, Jimbo? Let me guess you up, Doug. <laughs> he takes fucking You're two. Fucking he right. takes two master's rookies, Smith and that fucking Soon Young him or whatever his I name took is. Him they were nasty. The fucking I know. him daddy pulled through for me. Typically, Masters rookies don't perform, but when you the need a couple underdogs, got to have a couple glue guys fucking step it up in the playoffs. Well, Bryson starting off there for you guys. Buddy, I watched it Thursday morning. I flipped it on, and DeChambeau was, he hooked one on uh, 11, somehow found his ball. Then he hooked yep. one on 13 in a bush. I took it on player. Well, I'm like, this guy's going to be out of the tournament right here. And then he says it's a par 67. That <laughs> hit him in the ass big time. <laughs> how, do you, how do you talk about Augusta like that? I know. That was a golf That's god insane. slapping him around, saying, hey, like. Slapping him right in the face. Cons, what do you think you'd shoot at Augusta National? I don't know. I, I got to imagine my handicap jumps up there a great deal. <laughs> 35, 40, I'm shooting. <laughs> You're getting uh, some pops Augusta. there. What, what's the best course you've ever played, Cons? Uh, I did play Sherwood. It's beautiful. But I, again, I didn't appreciate it. Speaking of ripping golf balls, the up dog on Saturday night was, or Friday night was <laughs> ripping golf balls off the fucking Lupus house at the beach. Uh, Where like, the that's ocean? Your go-to move up. He's trying to hit him in yeah. the ocean. Yeah, you yeah. Actually, uh, episode of Entourage. Yeah, <laughs> I had so I so I came right from Bel Air and I met these guys at a, a, a bar. Well, actually, a restaurant in Ross Newport Charles, Beach. Yeah. Well, we went to a restaurant. Came in. I was feeling pretty good. Get the wine flowing, gin and tonics. And then we go over to our boys' place, Rothschilds, and it's it, they turn the clocks back in there. It's very you know, laid back, social distancing. There's not a whole good, lot of social distancing good, going on. Good, but. Uh, good music, <laughs> a lot of good drinks. Uh, nice try, though, Uppy. So, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I said it was an optional social distance. Oh, you did. Okay. And uh, so I came out. I got my clubs. I put the clubs in the kitchen when I got there. So this place is PCH and MacArthur in Newport Beach. That's like right down Broadway. I come out of the bar. Fucking Ubers are kind of around. Everyone's standing there. I grab my eight iron. I lay a ball on top of this planter with it oh, has yeah. like a cement planter, did. and I just absolutely rope a fucking shot across the street, <laughs> <laughs> like over Gulfstream <laughs> restaurant, just into the fucking street. I mean, there was no cars driving, but I just I was feeling it, Jimmy, and I just was like, "Fucking." It's a lot go. of confidence in your game, but I like that. Well, he hits a nice high golf ball, so he can do it. Like even no matter how drunk I am, I couldn't attempt that because. As you know, I hit it pretty low, but up here it's this nice, majestic high cut. So, but still, I was like, up here, you hitting that it, golf ball? It used to be a thing I did, Jimmy. You recall in fucking Fort in Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. I used to just open up my windows right in my living room. I stayed, I had a 22nd floor, looked over the, the River Valley or whatever, and and I used to just fucking full swing off my carpet in my living room through the window out into the water. Everything you had to hit it through was glass. That was the craziest part. You had glass Never windows and a anyone. glass banister, and you didn't break one thing. You hit him into my pool. It was risky. It was a risky oh, shot. I remember boys. that. But. So good times. So always fun Masters week. And listen, we only got to wait five more months because it's going to be in April, hopefully with fans. But, yeah, I took it in Sunday morning, watched DJ. It was, it was pretty impressive work. So, Up, You think you can get your connection to get the boys down at the Masters in April? Yeah, get some laminates from Action Park Media. Go in there. By fucking the way, hot. you may still not see fans, but I'm not trying to. Be I right know, but, but we're media. Although we're fans, we're media, media. now. So we'll get <laughs> By the way, I'll get you a media if you're going to get some. Bring me back some content. I'll get you a media. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'll bring my eight iron. I'll be hitting fucking balls. I don't, want, I don't want you coming back with a bunch of stories. But we want content. Yeah, yeah. Video content. Uh, well, if we act like we did this week, we'd be kicked off the property in about 15 minutes. If Uppy just started ripping eight irons around Augusta, <laughs> it'd be frowned upon. But um, the retro jerseys, boys, they came out with some solid ones, not some solid ones. Ooh, what's, some uh, oh, one build. really bad one. Some what's, bad what's, ones. The, what's the really bad one? Yeah, Hazy, what, what do you one think, you Jimbo? Well, the, the bad one was the one with no effort from Kansas New York uh, Islanders. It looks like coming. their same jersey. Well, okay. What were they doing? All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday we had a real, like a hell of a day here, so I was sort of off. I, you know, I, I didn't. I kind of was missing everything. I got home and I'm like looking at my social media. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I got nervous for a second. I thought somebody got trapped. I didn't know what was going on. Barzell got off the right, sheet or something. Exactly. Everybody like <laughs> going on and on. I'm getting calls from like media people about the Islander retro. I was like, okay, so let me break it down for you. And here it is: the kids. Love the fisherman logo yeah. jersey, which would have been the retro to go to. But for a lot of people, I mean, look, I'm sort of indifferent about it. But to a lot of people, it just represents 
like the the Black Plague. I mean, I, I don't know. Like people just it just there's like a visceral reaction the flu. for a yeah. bunch of fans. So that jersey is circa 2002 Pekka, Yashin, DiPietro, and those guys. It actually is. So when when Khan said that, I said that to him this morning, Broadway, and he's like. It's the Peck era, and it is a little bit different, but... But also, come on, I mean, like, Broadway, it's not like the Edmonton Oilers lit up the fucking scoreboard with uh, a great retro jersey. <laughs> yeah, they wore those true. last year. McDavid. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's, How about the Ducks? The Ducks one's horrendous, too. Oh, the it, Ducks one. The Mighty Ducks one. But are there any actually, like, the just, like, ones that are just ugly? I mean, I know the Islanders are taking heat for no effort, but are any... What's the ugly one? The Ducks one's ugly. The Ducks the one Ducks is horrendous. Broadway, the one that I like, the LA Kings one. That was one. one, one that one, one was 100%. awesome. Yeah, that's a good the one. The Rangers one, I can't believe I'm saying this is pretty cool. Is that just the Statue of Liberty face? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. My best one, Nordiques. Yeah. It's juice. Oh, that, that, the fact that they use that symbol, too, is fucking badass. Cool colors. Yeah. Everything Great about the colors. Nordiques. Ah, this is a sick one, too. Hazy, what was your favorite one? I actually loved the Florida one. The Florida one was that old school one. That one was awesome. That's back when I think Tommy Fitzgerald was on the team then. Boys, who was in charge of putting all these? Was it each team or was it like a collective, like a company that did it all? Or, or did each... I didn't even know they were doing it. And then I woke up over the weekend and saw all these pictures of retro jerseys. They were so. kind of given little of hints. The, the whole team has to weigh in. Happy, right? uh, yeah, but like just... it's like. Because they would have picked the fishermen for the Islanders <laughs> if they were doing the retro. Oppie, what about your St. Louis Blues? What do you think about I, that one? I chirped it on their Instagram. I, I couldn't believe they'd go red. I mean, why? Fuck. They, they had opportunity to fucking kick some ass with their jersey. They, they, they got did those a, sick baby blue ones. They though. did a great well, That was our year we did the Winter Classic, Jimmy. Those, those were badass. People loved them. Um, those are your best jerseys. But yeah, fucking red. Like, I, I never seen it. And, and then I like the ones that they wore last year. Spin that red and the blue around yeah. on their jersey, and that's kind of their old school. Like the one, old like school, the like when Chris Gretzky, Pronger played there. Pronger came in, yeah. Um, I'm looking at it right here, boys. Minnesota Wild, not your best effort. I mean, they went with the old North Star colors, but it's just their same logo. So that was one. I, I like the Winnipeg Jets one, too, with the gray and the dark blue on the shoulders. That's a good one. That's a, that'll be a good seller. And then. My old Canucks, I thought the Canucks, they could have went with the black and gold boys. Like, you know, they wore them this year with their anniversary jerseys, so maybe they couldn't do it. But do you like those old school black and gold ones with the, with the skate Vancouver Canucks Broadway? Those are unbelievable. It makes me think of Pablo Burry right away, just buzzing down the wing and tucking one full They speed. wore those, I think, in the finals against uh, New York Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are badass. When I played in Vancouver, we tried. Every day, my two years there, I'm like, let, let us wear the black and golds one night at Hockey Night in Canada for whatever reason. I even I think we even got the Sedin Sask when they still shut us down. So so did Vancouver go with that old school? Vancouver went with uh, with their blue and green with their orca symbol. Oh, they should no, they should have yeah. went with the Pavel Bure. Yeah, I think of, like Tias Olin when I see that. Tias Olin, I I played <laughs> with Olin. A He's a beast. New Jersey has those sick green ones. Those are sweet. Hartford um, like Scotty like, Gomez style. I'm gonna give some love to the Hartford Whaler one too. Hazy, did you like that one? I think those unis. I are loved sick. it. Boys, let's talk about Gomer for one quick second here. Okay. <laughs> His fucking stuff he's Scott doing Gomez is hilarious right Scott now. Gomez, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's been doing this thing up in Alaska. Yeah, Uncle Scotty. I don't know. I oh, fucking yeah. laugh at it all the time. I mean, he ain't getting any prettier. But he's fucking, <laughs> he's fucking hilarious. And he's been able to like really bring people into what uh, living in Alaska is like. Uh, cooking, fishing, mint coins, fucking... Um, you just he did a fucking Halloween thing that I got a kick out of. So I know he's back here uh, in the U.S. I think we should get him in here. He's a funny fucker. Yeah, he also owes me um, money or, <laughs> well, or yeah, a really Peter good. Luger's uh, steak dinner based on an Islander Ranger game a few years ago. I don't really even really? know. Him. We might have been in Vegas and had a couple of beers and whatever it was. But uh, yeah, so uh, he lost a bet. He owes me Peter Luger's. So wow. let's get him in here. Let's get him in here. Collect Did you that. ever play with Gomer, Jimmy? Yeah, I got to play with uh, his Uncle last Scott, year, buddy. right? In in yeah, his last year. Yeah. He, yeah, he took me out. Um, we were out in California at a bar, and he told me, "When I'm with Uncle Scotty, everything's on him. <laughs> get the bill." It's cash only. He only has his credit card. He looks at me and goes, got any cash? <laughs> it was like an hour before, everything was on Uncle Scotty. Oh, he signed a couple of big tickets, oh, right? he signed a huge one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he has a sick pad in New York City. He signed a huge ticket, like maybe eight years in Montreal. And he he went a full fucking calendar year without scoring a goal. Yes. <laughs> and it was fucking bad I almost news did that bears too. for him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you weren't making eight million. When I was in Boston, my mom asked me if I gave up goal scoring for Went one year. I didn't do, but I think I did. Hey, Gomer was one of the best I ever played against. So at wheeling back and getting the puck just inside the D zone and coming through the neutral zone, even when he wasn't scoring goals in Montreal, I play against him like, fuck, Gomer still he had a pretty that. good game. At least he looked good out there. Yeah, but his people in Montreal, I remember every time he touched the puck the one year I was playing somewhere, maybe Tampa, and he got booed every time he touched it. And I saw him after. I'm like, how's things here? He's like, how do you think it's going? <laughs> I'm like, well, you're still making $9 million. It's, so. it's tough, though. The, the Canadians, are, they're like the Yankees that way. I, I have a theory about John Carlos Stanton having such a big year. All of his big years were in Miami for the Marlins when there was – I'm not – I'm actually being serious. There was no fans. Yeah. I think, you know, playing with no with 50,000 people booing you, if you strike out three times, I don't know. I think that's why he, I think he excelled with no fans. 100%. Year, I mean, what type of year did he have this year? He had a good year this Monster. year, didn't he? Yeah, he Monster. had four Monster. home runs. Yeah, he broke some postseason record. He was hitting bombs out it's there. because there was no fans to boo him. No fans well, that's again. what I'm saying. I totally. think he fed off of not, you know, getting booed. It, it could be tough. And Montreal's like... The Yankees that way, and also Toronto's that way, right? Yeah, get- but Montreal, for, for Canadian markets, Toronto's, it's pretty bad, but Montreal, oh, hard if, if you're you. struggling Montreal, even Rusty, Russ Courtney, we had him last week, we were talking to him at his house, and he had some stories about Montreal where they're just booing them, and like they're, they're kind of ruthless there. Same as the Yankees fans' cons. What about Vancouver? Did they fall into that category? Vancouver, I was lucky. My two years, we were, we were good. We were good. So we, I didn't get booed too much. Win or lose, we booze in Van. <laughs> we were just good. Man. Win or lose, we, we, we Yeah, we would win every home game. The Sedins would get three points, and I'd go out after and mix it <laughs> get up. Get three it kills. Was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> so to answer your question, Vancouver, it's a little bit lighter than Montreal, but... Um, the retro jerseys, I can't wait to see them break them out. Um, Movember here, boys. Connolly is definitely leading the charge for the missing curfew crew at the Movember cons. It looks good. Thanks, guys. Mustache oh. ride con. Looks uh, really good con. A little, little, little light on the donations. I don't know. I feel weird asking people for money during a pandemic, but I'm sure you I guys are do the right in. thing. Yeah, I, I tried by the way, to, I'm not expecting anything crazy. Just I tried to do it on Saturday. I got to get on the donation train cons. I got to <laughs> swipe up on one of your reads here, but I'm guilty. I'm also guilty. Too, I haven't bro, swiped up yet. Link in bio, bro. Link in bio. It's in my Instagram bio. Um, but also, too, you know, a lot of these guys, I see a lot of, and look, it's for a good cause, so it's great, but I see some cheaters out there because you're supposed to shave your face on the first. Right. And there was a few guys I played with that would have kind of the Broadway Jimmy Hayes beard going right now and come and then just shave and the just beard. shave it and then grow the stash. Yeah. So I was like, but for a guy, I never I never grew my Movember during my career. Yeah, I don't just think because, I've ever seen you with a stash. No, I would donate. Obviously, I would I would donate to the team charity that it was through, and then whatever guy on my team, for example, Shea Weber, but one year in Nashville, had the best one. So I, I donated to Webb's, whatever he Bring was doing. Bring him some wine. You know, and now they've added, like, the you know, the mental health aspect to it, and I think during the pandemic it's important. So it's an important charity. Uh, Austin Matthews, he's got a great mustache. but He's always like got he's it, cheating, though. Right? Yeah. Oh. See, I don't want to call out call him Big out. Dog. Call I don't want to call out Big Dog, but I feel like he's that cheating. I haven't seen though. a swipe up from him yet, either. <laughs> he's got, like, that little thin one, though, but he rocks it. Well, that's what I did. I was pitching him new mustache styles yeah he's do something different does yeah. he even gets the curl like going the little on the french sides. one yeah the little french paris it's like a french tickler eh? yeah, girls yeah. must love that it looks good i could them. never do a mustache no. i mean i can actually it's like did not. you ever grow it throughout the november three no days? like i had a couple moments in the playoffs where i actually let what i could grow grow oh yeah and yeah. it's fucking disgusting you it's like great gray go-to. hair, like one on my mole on my cheek and then just like <laughs> here and there and everywhere it's it's not pretty but you got to rock that in the playoffs. Mustache, yeah, I just... My old man and my brother can rock a mustache. My brother's got a good stash. Yeah, and great hair, too. Brento's got great hair. Yep. Um, who was your best when you played throughout your career? Who was, your, who mean, was the guy that killed the Movember? The king of the stash was was big Georgie Peros. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, but he uh, always rocked it. He when, always... We, we but but it I mean, but he, it's almost like he would talk to it during Movember and just, it'd just start growing a little extra, yeah. a little more darker. <laughs> The guy's mustache, Burt Reynolds' mustache. I mean, him and Burt were probably the two guys. You know those, charge. you know those, just those little under jocks you used to wear under your gear, boys. So my rookie year, Georgie, we had a we had a female massage therapist that would come in only on game days, and he'd walk in. He's just like a Greek god, yeah. just with these little nut hugger things holding his dick in, and he would just stroll right through the medical room, no tarp on, and she'd just be like so nervous. He was a, he was a beauty, though, man. Yeah, but he had his duster was next level. Hazy, what about for you, buddy? Was who was the guy throughout your career? The uh, one that I could think of that always made me laugh was Andrew Shaw, because when he first started oh, yeah. it, his mustache was so brutal. 
And it almost it was like the creepy looking one. Like, oh, it's just like nasty. But as it went on, he got pretty good. But Andrew Shaw was up there as one of my guys that had a good mustache going. Does he have a contract this year? He's back yeah, he's with Chicago, right? He gets traded from Montreal to Chicago, back to Montreal, back to Chicago, right? Doesn't that? Yeah, he was back in Chicago. He's um, He didn't play last year. I, I think know, he he's been the, pretty banged the concussion. up. Yeah, I think man. he had the concussion. He only played like 20 games, but he's making a comeback. The other day, NHL Instagram had a video of him doing like this drill on the ice. <laughs> Yeah. And it was a it was a big promotional video for him, but I was didn't he dumping think, it in or what? <laughs> kind of. He did like one little drill, or he stick handled it around the net. He passed it with this, you know, with this coach out there, and then he got one back and he rips one shelf. But like his foot speed wasn't up to par for what these young NHLers are doing. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe they're just throwing him a plug. This guy, fuck, he's good guy. I hear great things about him. Oh, he's he, a great guy. He was hurt last year. He's, I didn't know if he had a deal, so I'm thinking, fuck, the NHL is just throwing this kid a bone right now because, I mean, anytime you get a promotional Instagram from from the NHL, it's it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I know. It'll keep you in the league. It will. Were so November, were they doing that for you back <laughs> in the day? No, buddy, that wouldn't that wouldn't have kept me in the loop. Uh, I was. They're like, keep the camera off O'Brien. Fuck. <laughs> um, November, Connolly, good on you to our missing curfew fans. Go to Cons's Instagram. Swipe we'll up. Do him a swipe I'm gonna up. donate. Link in bio. Link, Link in, bio. in bio. Hazy, something we up. You we were just talking about on the way up, and you know the NBA has said they're going to start December 22nd. And listen, we know with Canada. That is a little bit harder, but you know we're just curious here, especially at Mr. Curfew, because we can't wait to get back talking about hockey because we love it so much. When are they going to fucking start the season? Me and Updike had an idea of maybe bringing the Canadian teams down here, and and I said playing in, you know, cities that don't have NHL teams, and Up, you said maybe put them in Phoenix or something like that. Is that something you think the NHL could do, or is the Canadian division the only way that things are going to work? Uh, it depends on what, what's holding everything up. And, and, you know, obviously there's a surge in, in coronavirus cases right now all across the U.S. and in Canada, from what my, my family's been saying. But um, depending on, you know, what their hiccup is, I know the NBA, like you said, and announced that they're going to get things rocking. Yeah. They only have one Canadian team, so maybe that's that's their hiccup. Uh, I think it's just best to put, you know, spread those seven teams, you know, around the U.S. for, say, three months let them play other teams, whether they bring in and do these little bubbles for a couple weeks at a time. You can still get different competition, yeah. and different guys over there. Um, it's tough. It's going to be tough either way. But we're all excited to just hear when the day is. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully Bettman, Cons' favorite commissioner in sports, He's will be able to. the best commissioner in sports. We'll be able to come out and give us like a, <laughs> uh, give us a hard date here. So, Jimbo, what do you think? What do you think, Jimbo? <clears throat> I think you two are on to something because I think there's enough NHL teams that have AHL teams close enough to the big cities. Yeah. So that means they got the AHL rank right there. They could play out of those ranks. But there was also a rumor they were going to send one other team up to Canada to make it in the eight-team division. And I just want to know who's going to draw that short straw to get up there. Minnesota. <sighs> <laughs> you know but i think it should be able to get done it's one of those things that i like they need to find out a way to get the season started and a lot of guys are getting antsy around here they want to get the season going and january 1st is that day they keep hearing but it's it's going to be flirting with that date you know years ago the islanders almost moved to kansas city yeah and kansas city built a beautiful state-of-the-art 17,000 seat arena that's just sitting there empty there you go Maybe you send a team over there. I yeah. don't know. But why would it be a problem? I'm, I'm catch, playing catch-up here. Why would it be a problem in Canada? Because of the coronavirus well, so, outbreak? Yeah, so in Canada, the prime minister, like the Blue Jays, for example, this year, they had to play in Buffalo because the Canadian government doesn't want people coming in, coming in the States, which whatever. Do you got to do what you got to do to protect yeah, your own. I get it. But so for us, for the NHL, obviously there's seven, seven teams up there. And I get it. And just between what Hazy said, like I'm thinking as an ex-player, like these poor guys, especially the guys that hadn't played in the return to play, they're, they're training, they're working out. Like, give these guys a date, you know, when they can start cranking it up and get it going. I just thought maybe if you move the seven Canadian teams down here to start the season, like you said, for three months. And listen, if you play the same teams over and over, boys, that gets pretty fucking boring too up top. Also, too, you got to imagine they're doing, right now, as we sit here, some of the smartest lawyers and people in the world are trying to figure this out. Smarter guys than us, eh? Yeah. Smarter, smarter guys than us. Smarter guys than us. I don't <laughs> but do say they that. have a podcast at Action Park Studios? Yeah. And Not we're, yet. Look, we're looking. Don't. I mean, it was so much fun breaking down the playoffs with you three beauties that I just want hockey. I know it won't be playoff hockey, but selfishly, I'd like the game to come back because there's fucking nothing to watch on TV. Like, I had to watch the New York Jets play the fucking Patriots last Monday night. It was like, I know it was a big win for you guys, but. 
It's tough to watch. Paint dry. Yeah. But. Can we talk about Tua? Do you guys you guys ready to talk about it yet? I would love to talk, <laughs> but he's legit, man. I've, I I watched legit. Him. when he played against the uh, Cardinals two weeks ago. His accuracy, his decision making. They got a good one there. He's constantly. just not making bad plays. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing the game. He's letting the defense do their thing. This guy's around. He's the guy. He's the guy. So it's just an idea, boys. And I, I wanted to shoot it around with you guys. And I don't know if the guys that play in Canada would want to do that. But if you brought him down here, we could at least start in January and get the season going and give us something to talk about Maybe here. Maybe get on the road a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck. Let's let's play some hockey. So we're gonna finish off before we get our sick guest coming in. We got another great guest today. <sighs> Guy yeah, from, I'd say. Guy from this fucking guy Broadway, this, Jimmy Scoops' this, area, this the fucking country. Uh, but first question is um, a listener question. It's from Mike Sims, and this is to the updog. When you played for the Yotes, how often did the boys take a trip out to Vegas? And I'm interested in the second part. Who has better ladies, Old Town Scottsdale or the Vegas Strip? And that's from Mike Sims. Ooh. Oh, Mikey wants to know the ins and outs. He wants of the to know the desert, ins and outs of fucking old town. I did have the nickname from Brian Berard, the Coyote, because I was all cock and ribs at one point. So what do you uh, mean at one point? So I was still a desert, are. I was a desert dog. <laughs> you um, <laughs> Phoenix, geez, half chub, fucking half, half chub, chub Phoenix, half Coyote, choice. up dog. <laughs> old town Phoenix could be one of the best places to uh, to shack up and maybe do like a rookie dinner or uh, to be pouncing around with your buddies, smoking hot. Babes, the girls that work good in weather. Town, I'm like every the time bars wonder, are all in the same all street. All ASU girls. I mean, if you haven't been there, go there. Uh, anyone looking to do a bachelor party yeah. or something like that, go there. Now Vegas, we've all been to Vegas. I went to Vegas my first time at 17. I jumped wow. in on a trip for my buddy's like 20th birthday, and I was working out with them. And I was like, yeah, I'll come. I I think I got in two pool parties at the time. You know, a couple uh, nightclubs. It was back at 17. When you can, hey, yeah, nice. I was 17. Fuck. It was, it was, hey, hey, mom, dad, I'm going to cruise to Vegas with the boys. <laughs> okay. Um, but, okay, so, but, but right now, I used to go to Vegas more with the St. Louis Blues. It was our, it was our year-end trip. We did it four years. It was 14, 15 guys jumping on the bird. Alex Steen and Stasny, uh, Shattenkirk, quality guys like that chipping in the most for the bird. We'd all jump on there at the end of the year, just guys, go for two nights, come back. Now, Vegas speaks for itself. Gambling. Top golf, yeah, top uh, golf. the Rhino, whatever you know, whatever yeah. t- you know tickles your fancy, you can uh, you can get there now. <laughs> Jimmy, I don't know if you had the same experiences as me, but I I, I love the desert. I just I, I'm a big old Tom Scottsdale guy. I had a bachelor party there a summer ago, and that place is top notch. I tell everybody to go there for a guys trip, golf trip, bachelor party, bachelor party, you name it. I'm going to Old Town Scottsdale. I just remember going in to play the Coyotes. And obviously the Barnes and Glendale. Ah, fuck, I'm going to go for dinner in Scottsdale. I'll go for dinner. It'll be quick. Like, fuck, next thing I know, I'm in an Uber or fucking cab coming back at 1 in the morning. It's like 45-minute <laughs> fucking drive. I'm like, Jesus, how did this happen again? But I, just because I couldn't say no to Old Town, right? Like, I, I, you go in there. It's always fun. We go in for the Phoenix Open. It's unreal. So, I got one story. You remember when we were... <laughs> When we were fucking, we hummed in to play the Coyotes. We were there for three days, and we were staying downtown Phoenix. Now, anyone who's ever been to Phoenix, Glendale, where we play, is, is an hour out of the way. Then the airport is right next to the University of Arizona, or Arizona State, and that's right, like, downtown Phoenix. Kind of not, not a lot happening there, but Old Town is like a half-hour drive. So I get in. I know we're there for three days. I use my fucking my Starwood points, and I get the suite at the fucking W for the three nights. <laughs> Starwood and I, points. I tell the guys, I'm like, guys, hey, I'm going in. I'm setting up shop. I got a room there for us for the week. So one night we can fucking, you know, have a party and go out after the game. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna stay there. I'll meet you guys, like, at morning skate. And I go there, and there's a full yoga retreat. You did this in there's L.A. too. Full yoga everywhere. retreat going on on the, on the, the pool deck at the W. Uh, as soon as I go in, like the music's playing, I'm like, what the fuck's going on up there? And then a bunch of hot girls walking up the stairs at the W pool. And I'm like, drop the bags off, put my fucking yoga gear on. I go for this like mid, uh, this like uh, happy hour yoga session with all these chicks up on the rooftop. 
And I put that on my Instagram after, and the guys were like, you're really at a fucking yoga, like doing yoga right now. I just right taking care of the body up, say, totally stretching, stretching it out. Stretch the body, stretch some the career say, Some would say he's the ultimate pro Broadway. You know, he's going to that a yoga class. the ultimate pro move right there, up dog. Nothing so, less than me. You're always a pro. And then it was just nice to have that room for the boys after, uh, you know, right next door to Old Town. You did lead the league and staying at other hotels on the team, which is fucking legendary. And our last listener question, <laughs> it's from Megan Colleen. Right now, there's a thing going on called the Battle of the Blades, and she was just curious, would any of the missed and curfew guys participate in that if asked? And I was actually asked uh, two seasons ago to do it, and I didn't have the balls to think I could figure skate. <laughs> Maybe if we did the missed and curfew team to go up there, but uh, figure skating, man, I don't fucking know if I could do it. Broadway? I would definitely have to hit up a couple yoga classes and loosen up my hips and work on some of my dance moves because I'm stiff as a board on the dance floor and even stiffer on the ice, so... I'd have to. I'd have to get a lot of. Practice I remember you having pretty I good dance moves. I thought. I thought you, especially when the, the hip hop came on, you could fucking. When the hip hop comes on, I'm a sick dancer. If I'm sitting in my booth at a club, I got the shoulder lean going. I can start feeling it in a club, but the skating issue that, that's a Buddy big issue boys. with figure skates on too. Like Army fucking did it last year, blew out his fucking knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, he's Landed hosted it. I'm face. like, you're smart, but at least you don't have to do it now. You're hosting it, so maybe. <laughs> but what do you think? Up I think figure it's kind. It's kind of falls into like. You know what? What I would enjoy to do, yeah, a little showtime, maybe do a headstand out in the middle of the ice, yeah. but competing, 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 lifting girls over my head, spinning them around. Yeah, no, it's know? but I mean, there are but, long days at the rink too. They go but boys, there were times where I would just fall during NHL games in the middle of the fucking game, like, and guys would be <laughs> laughing. Coaches would look at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Or like, I scored a goal as a rookie in Nashville. From I come in over the blue line, I rip a slap shot on LaBarbera, and I go into the corner to fist pump, and I face plant into the fucking glass. <laughs> so, like, that, and that, yes, okay, say it's on national television. This this thing, everyone's watching you. That's, yeah. And you got the Everybody toe picks can. on. Like, I could toe pick without a fucking toe pick on those figure skating skates. So that would be that would be trouble for me. It's safe to say you That'd would go you would go down at least once, but you can maybe maybe make a nice recovery or something. But I'd have a good outfit on. I tell you that. So the Battle of Blades. If you guys if you want us at missing curfew, you might have to make it worth our while next year. But uh, it's definitely. To those guys, Versteeg's doing it up there right now, or he's done doing it. So, voice, uh, Voltec Voiski. Yeah, Shout out it's, to him. it's fun up there, but I don't know, figure skating's for me. So, boys, always a pleasure. And we have a great guest coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Missing Curfew. I'm back. Dog, we got another fucking legit guest, Pure Sniper. Hall of Famer. Hall of, yeah, met this kid first time I ever met him, was at Coachella. You could, t- you could tell he had leadership qualities back then. <laughs> Jack Eichel. Ikes, welcome to Mr. Curfew, fella. What's going on, boys? How are we? We're doing well. Me well, and the, me we're and the a hungover, we're Ikes, we're a little, we took Masters weekend a little too far, buddy. We, uh, yeah. we started on, like the Masters, we started on Thursday <laughs> and ended on Sunday. <laughs> and ended on Sunday night. And as you know, we're not in NHL prime shape like you anymore. So it, the boys are drinking coffee and drinking tea in here. Low today. energy today. Low energy. No, any, any, any reason to, uh, to enjoy the weekend. The Masters just lets you, lets you hang a couple extra days on it. It gives you a reason to get up early. But <laughs> or, stay, or stay up. Or stay up late. <laughs> or stay or up just early. play through, as well, they say, right? Yeah, I, it's a pleasure having you here, buddy. Um, so you're talking before we got on air here. You're down in Florida right now working with Otzi, getting ready? Yeah, I just came down here about a week ago. Uh, Otzi's, yeah, he's based in Jupiter, so a couple guys are down here. Guys filter in and out, so it's good to uh, obviously enjoy the weather. and Nice uh, nice golf courses, and it's a little bit cold up east, eh, Hazy? <laughs> Yeah, Jack, it's freezing up here right now. Glad you brought the golf. I was going to ask you if you're playing any sick tracks down there in uh, that Jupiter area. There's a bunch of courses there. Uh, I actually played Pine Tree in Boynton the other day. Supposed to be uh, real nice. It was uh, it was actually great. I had a uh, had a good group going. Jack O'Callaghan, a couple other guys. So it was nice. It was a uh, sick track. I mean, 140 bunkers. It's a sick, sick track. Marty Brodeur was a member there, um, yep. and Theodore used to take us out. Jimmy, you ever play up there? So me, Jovo, and Theo would go all the time. How long are those fair the the tee boxes? Some of the tee boxes are like a hundred yards long. Yeah, I think uh, they got a par five on the back. I think it's sixteen. There's a hundred and sixty yard tee box. It's crazy. It's beautiful though. Like it's, you can fucking try dinking over there. So fairway, <laughs> I could have a couple fairway, dick yeah. outs there in that place. Then hey, so there's there's a bunch of sick clubs um, up. Well, in Miami, nightclubs. But I mean, in uh, in Jupiter, Medalist is one. Bears Club, yeah. 
Bears Clubs Moore in West Palm. And then Michael Jordan built one. So Clark MacArthur is a member at this new Michael Jordan club. So is Yandel. I don't even... Is Yans a member too? That's where you want to go play. Get in one of those money games with MJ and just take all his fucking... (laughs) Or lose all your money. Yeah, right? So why did he... He opened up his own course because... He got in shit the Bears Club about gambling too much, right? Isn't that how the story uh, went? Probably. Yeah. And then do he's you like, know, Jack? Yeah, Ike's, did you hear that? They wanted a club where you could just do whatever you wanted. I think they go with like 10 guys at a time. They do whatever they want. You oh, know? yeah. You don't even have to like, you can wear a bathing suit out there if you want. So I think he just built his own track because he wanted to do whatever he wanted. When you get to that legendary status, you should be able to do whatever you want. you're a billionaire you like that and you want to build a track, you build a track. Yeah, just invite your buddies, all your gambling buddies. That's Fuck, amazing. that's the way to do it. <laughs> How's your golf game, Jack? It's not bad. Uh, I grinded pretty hard this summer. It was like the first first uh, off season where I played like a lot. I probably got like 50, 60 rounds in almost. It's like I think I'm down. To, uh, I think I'm down to like a eight, eight, seven right now. So a dangerous eight, seven. I used to play with this kid up here at Walston, and he can play. Yeah, Don't let him fool you, boys. Do so not that's let like him a ten, you. right? He's a ten. He's a ten. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll take He's, you. I'll, you're, you're I'll take you as a shots. ten on my side. I'm a nine. I'm a nine. All right. But so yeah, our boy Connolly's been grinding Ike's up here about with his golf game. He's there at before he comes into the studio. He's chipping balls. I play every day, but I can't. I'm, I'm I, I got to take lessons, bro. I'm, I'm I flat. Yeah, maybe a lesson or two. I took two lessons this summer. Just like just get a couple things in your head before you know a couple swing thoughts. Get that checklist going. So did it help, Ike's? Because I've been thinking about. I've been thinking myself that maybe it's time for, for a lesson here. Do you think it helped? I'm, I'm you just need to stop playing right-handed and go to lefty. You're a fucking lefty. You're <laughs> so at little, heart. It'll take you six months, and then I think you'll be fucking striping it. So you just want me to go on the range and hit left-handed clubs for six months? I'll I lose my you, fucking mind. I know, but then, <laughs> then all of a sudden you'll be like the guy who shows up and goes, yeah, you know what? I played right-handed for fucking 20 years, and now I'm a scratch lefty. Or you could say, yo, what do you want me to play from? Which yeah, side which of the side? dish? That, that, that would be a today. legit thing. Which side <laughs> right? of the dish you want me from? I bro? love it. All right, I'll play you lefty today. today yeah, that would be lefty. legit. But up dog, you want to get into some uh, some music stuff with Ike's here? Yeah, I wanted to bring up because I thought this was super fucking cool. I, I just recently, in passing, met you with our boy Big Guy. I think it was after Coachella. Uh, you, yeah. Ryan's, you, Reinhardt, and PJ uh, staying in Newport Beach. We had a few beers, had lunch one day. But I got a text from you this year saying, "Hey, do you mind filling out my bracket?" And I'm like, "All right, fuck. Oh, yeah. what, what kind of bracket?" So. You know, for our listeners out there, you want to just explain kind of what you did. It was this year when COVID hit and there was no Final Four, and I thought you were super creative with uh, with what you had. Yeah. Um, yeah, so actually I got the, uh, the inspiration. Tyler Ennis sent me a similar bracket, but it was like, it was comedy movies. So he had, he had me fill it out and whatever, his favorite comedy movies, my favorite comedies, whatever, all, all the uh, all the best, so... You know, everyone had so much time on their hands during uh, during COVID, so I figured I'd do it with music, and I uh, just went through a bunch of different artists that I like. It's tough because obviously there's a lot of different uh, you know decades. And, I mean, there's there's just such a wide variety, so I tried to narrow it down to 64. And I think the tough part was doing the rankings and the matchups. I know you, I, I think you and uh, you and Luke's had a little pushback. I think I had like Chris Cornell versus Nirvana pretty early, which is uh, that's a heavyweight Ooh, bout. That but. is a fucking heavyweight bout <laughs> there. Who who was your guy? Who who won it for you? Because everyone has a different winner, right, of course. Fucking a, and it was it was epic. Uh, for me, I had the Beatles winning it. I mean, I just think that they're probably the greatest rock band. So I had the Beatles over the Stones, but I mean, that's just uh, who I think the greatest is. I wouldn't say like I listen to the Beatles the most, or um, I just think that they're probably the most influential, you know, musical group, if not them, the Rolling Stones. So I had the two of them up at the top, but. Most, I mean, I know you guys are huge Pearl Jam guys, so I'd put them up there. They're probably one of my favorites. I think I had them as two seed. Um, big Eric Clapton guy, Jimi Hendrix. I'm really big into Marvin Gaye. He's one of my favorites for a while, so pretty big variety. When the ladies come over, eh, the Marvin Gaye goes yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not, even, I'm not even just saying this because he's on. It would be hard to argue that the Beatles aren't the greatest band of all time 100 percent. and that. most like he said most influential, influential right. yeah. fucking 60s 70s fucking oh man people Still, I mean, it's, to- it's well wild. totally it's um me and our boy mac l who you know well um me and mac daddy had the chili peppers going against the stones two just heavyweight live bands i i saw the stones last year for the first time the chili peppers i've seen for a while but um you know anthony kiedis isn't like the best musician but 
he somehow gets it done with that band and they just fucking seem to rock every time I see him live. No live shows this summer. It's been tough, huh? It's been, been really the worst tough. Part, oh. yeah, one of the worst parts. That the worst was, part, that's the best part about living where we do here in Orange County is that, you know, you're a 40 minute drive up to the Forum or any venue here in Hollywood. And I mean, there's three or four shows a week. You fucking, you see them come on your emails. You fucking pick this one, this one, this one. Um, and then, yeah, Coachella, like, I know you've been to Coachella. Yeah. Was that, I, I, so was that, that Coachella, was that, was that your first ever musical festival you went to that, that time I met you? Uh, no, I had been to, I went to the one in Chicago a few years before. It's oh. what, Lollapalooza? Lollapalooza, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. I That's went there one. a couple years before. And then, uh, obviously, Coachella's, like, right at the end of the season. And, yeah, Rhino and I had kind of had an idea that we wanted to go, oh, there was an unbelievable lineup of, of musicians that year, too. What you know? year was that? What was the lineup? Who was the headliner? Uh, I don't know. I remember, like, Eminem played one night. Like, we had Kygo, The Weeknd, Post Malone. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, fuck. Odessa. Odessa's my favorite. What a feel-good yeah. show. Every <laughs> chick loves it. The lights. I mean, it hits yeah. you, whatever. It's dance party central. Let's go. When they had those guys on the drums and behind the set of Odessa. Yeah, when they were the fucking, fire. Fucking fire fucking just, yeah. So what do you think of the Coachella experience, though, Ikes, when you, when you showed up, all the after parties, that stuff? I remember you, I just remember meeting you as a young kid, and you were, like, so fired up. Did you think it was what it was all cracked out to be? To me, it was like, ah, it's too big and too, like, it's not pure Coachella anymore. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's definitely a lot. Like, just everything, the whole experience is a lot. I mean, trying to get into the venue every day, getting out, the traffic, whatever. But, I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a time. I mean, it's, a, it's all- <laughs> There's some good aftershakers, though, isn't there? I was gonna say, yeah, you guys were kind enough to invite me and Rhino along with you to some uh, some of those after parties. I remember that one that we went to. I don't remember what what night it was, but uh, the guy had like a hundred foot pool in his backyard with the sea dudes. Did he have the sea dudes and shit in there? Is that 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 one yeah, crazy yes. crazy house? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. the one I had to break you guys into, Obes? No, that was. I think that was cons. The- you broke us into every other party. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a year before cons, but but the same house where the guy's got like he has got the man made lake in his house. Yeah, right, same pad. By Same the way, pad. talk about a waste of money. The value of that is way down. <laughs> I have a story of a of um, one of my favorite shows I've ever seen at Coachella, and it's actually on the uh, YouTube. Did like twenty years in the desert or something? If you haven't watched it, it's epic. But it's like the whole history of of Coachella and when it started and all this good stuff. But uh, there's a show from Arcade Fire on that one. It was back, I think, it was when I had my knee injury. And I got caught like with my girl on my shoulders at the time during Tiesto. And I was like, <laughs> I had glow sticks everywhere. And they're like, Uppy's really had ACL surgery and he's got his chick on his shoulders right now dancing. But <laughs> it's Coach- one thing to have your chick, you took your brace off too to put glow sticks on. It's yeah, yeah. Level, but. So, but Arcade, Arcade Fire played that, that year and they fucking, like midway through this song, Wake Up, they bombed over top of the stage. Like, I want to say like a thousand fucking balls. Like, we're just like, human-sized balls that all gl- like glue in the dark and stuff so for the rest of that song they just bounced around and that was on a friday the balls stayed lit up the whole weekend so you would see people like walk around at night like for the next couple nights with these balls and they'd all sit around them and they'd still be like glowing in the dark and shit but it was super super rad hazy what do you got for ikes you guys i know ikes is a boston university guy so i don't know you being a bc guy but you guys know each other for a while right Oh, yeah, I knew Ike's, uh, that's what I was going to ask him about, being this highly touted kid. Was uh, was BU always the play for you? Did you consider any other schools, or did you think about Major Junior? What was the what was the choice in going to BU? You could have came right up, a little bit further up Calm Ave and won a couple of national championships. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, we came close my year, unfortunately. I, probably, you guys might remember, but uh, we had a little incident in the national championship. Would have been the first That was in season. Boston, too, wasn't it? Yeah, I was at the Garden, yeah. We're doing the magical year. What was the uh, incident? I forget. I We're Canadian. We don't follow that shit. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, you get, why would you follow a call? <laughs> <laughs> um, we were playing in the national championship. It was at the TD Garden that year in Boston. And uh, we were up, I think, like 3-2 with eight minutes left. And our goalie caught a dump in from the red line, kind of like caught it here. And he looked around and he didn't realize he had it. And he dropped the puck in our net. Oh, and that made it. Brian that Finley. made it three three, and then we ended up. I think I ended up losing a face off in the D zone. <laughs> <laughs> they snapped a wing off the wall, and uh, we lost four three. It was tough. It was, wow. it was, it was a tough. But 
I no, feel I mean, bad for that guy. Your winger's got to help. I didn't see the face off. Yeah. Ice, but your winger's got to help you out. <laughs> hey, He's got to get in the guy. shooting lane. The D's got to box out. <laughs> Don't blame yourself, Ikes. It's not your fault you lost the face off. Fuck. <laughs> um, no, but to answer your question, uh, I kind of always had the idea that I wanted to go to college. Like I think I've heard you say that in one of these episodes, but you know, we grew up in the Boston area watching college hockey and you're like obsessed with the idea of playing in the bean pod and playing for BC or BU. Like that's your dream growing up. So that was kind of my dream growing up. And to be honest with you, I was always a BC fan growing up. I always liked BC. I remember watching you there, your brother. But then when I went to the, I, I was playing actually for Chris Masters, who was a, who was a BC guy for the junior Bruins. And he was pushing me hard to go to BC. And, uh, I remember visiting BC, BU, UNH and Northeastern and I narrowed it down pretty quickly to the two BC or BU and for whatever reason I picked BU Must have I had like Kevin Shattenkirk fucking legend you know, I never I never did an official I just did uh, I never did an official because I only did three years of high school so yeah, you're too young. when I was, I was a junior in high school so my senior year I went to BU so I was uh, I wasn't eligible to do an official or something I don't know <laughs> Is that, does reason. the official mean like yeah, the fly-in is that the fly-in yeah, where you get you to go and just get party get with like all the seniors. Oh, yeah, see what fuck. kind of the girls are like, what the bars are like. Yeah. You get to snap it around for a night on campus. Which is <laughs> yeah, fuck. We, we miss that. Always. Yeah, the old recruiting trip. I admire I admire college hockey, actually. The more, the more you know, I got to learn kind of the lifestyle and all the boys that you meet. Like some of my, some of my favorite guys I played with are from Boston, and they all went to BC or BU um, or up that like East Coast. And they just say it would be right up our alley. Obes, like a guy like you and me. Yeah, no. It would have been. Oh, we, you'd clean up there, you two. You two would have a field day on campus. I probably would have kicked just, out, but fuck. But yeah. just you guys, you, you all have <laughs> each other. Like, moving forward, you guys all have this, like, niche of, like, buddies and beauties. Like, whether you're in New York, there's always, like, fucking a dozen BU guys around just to crush beers yeah. and watch football with. And that's something you guys always have. We don't really have that when, you know, when you play Canadian Junior. It's a little different, for sure. Yeah, that is nice. I would say, like... You know, even guys that went to BC, BU, Northeastern, UNH, like we have a pretty good, we have a pretty good group of hockey guys in in Boston in general that just live there in the summer and whatever, train together, skate together, and you know it doesn't really matter what school you went to. We all get along really well, and it's more or less just like all of us being from there and kind of growing up the same way and taking the same path. Yeah, Ops, that's a good point, though. Be an alumni of a, of a college team like that, that's one thing I look back like. That'd be really cool to have that opportunity to just always be boys because we don't get that in the CHL. But, Ike, I want to fast forward a little bit just to a guy that I bring up a lot on here. Cause is probably going to give me shit, but a kid that I met when he was, you know, 21, Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, boy. And I know, you know, when I met you at Coachella, how many good things you had to say about him. And I'm just curious, you know, how much did Factor help you become the leader you are now and turn you into the pro you are now? Yeah, he was huge. Yeah, obviously, uh, as you guys know, he's an unbelievable dude. Just, you know, somebody that you want to be around, right? He's, he's a guy that you want to hang out with. He's a guy you want to go grab beers with, whatever. I just think his habits at the rink are so good. Like, he's the first guy there every day. He's the last guy off the ice. He's the first guy on the ice. Like, he's always running extra drills after practice. I mean, he's somebody that, you know, you can just learn so much from as a young guy. Just, you know, the right way to do things. And, you know, obviously... Uh, you know, a superhuman being. And, and like when people ask me about factor, I think I always say the same thing. I don't think that there was a guy in our dressing room in Buffalo that could have said a bad word about him. And I think that just says a lot about him as a, as a human. Um, so it was, it was great getting to play with him. We obviously had a lot of fun. We, uh, we enjoyed our times and it was great to get to learn from him every day. And, you know, it was awesome to see him have so much success last year, two years ago with the blues and have him win. I think, uh, I think that there's kind of a bad, there's like a bad notion in Buffalo that the two of us didn't get along. And that was one of the reasons that he got traded. And, you know, that, that kind of always, you know, makes me feel a little uneasy because he was one of my closest friends on the team. And, you know, we spent a lot, of, a lot of time together for whatever, for whatever reason, the media kind of came out with this story that, you know, we didn't get along and that's why, uh, that's why they moved him. And, and that couldn't be further from the case. Yeah. I, Fake I, news. I used to always say about factor, the thing you could say about him, last guy at the bar, last guy off the ice at practice too. Like <laughs> I'd be coming out of Denver. I'd be like, factor, let's go get lunch for fuck's sakes. And he's still out there doing his drills. I'm like, fuck lunch. I'll text you for dinner. So like he was just always on the ice doing extra stuff. And, um, one other question I had for you quick here, Ike, before I turn it over to ops is when I met you at Coachella, I could tell the character you had right away. Uh, I obviously knew the ability as a player, you were going to turn into the player you are. Uh, but your character right away, I was like, this kid's got it figured out. I told Matt Gell, I told Oppie and Loops and the boys. 
Um, and I'm just curious, what, what type of leader are you know? I, I know that what you bring on the ice, are, are you vocal in the dressing room? Do you lead by example? You know, what makes you the captain of the Buffalo Sabres? Um, you know, the, the team owner, you know, when I got named captain, he he said something that's kind of always sat with me since it. And he's like, you know, whenever somebody gets a position like this, they always want to try and be somebody, you know, oh, you want to be captain like Sidney Crosby or you want to be a captain like Jonathan Case. And obviously those are great guys to try and model yourself after and, and learn learn things from but he's like you're going to be your own captain you're going to be jack eichel you're not going to be anybody else you know and and uh you know for me it's it's a lot of just about about work and dedicating yourself to the game um you know i'm somebody that just tries to come in get better every day no matter what it is whether it's you know we're just working out we're going on the ice whatever it is i just try and give my best and i think uh if other guys see that it's pretty contagious if, if guys see how dedicated i am to hockey and, and my craft i think uh you know it can get uh you know, can get a whole team behind it. And, you know, I wouldn't say I'm the most vocal guy. I think uh, at times I can, I can be relaxed and, and pretty, uh, you know, pretty joking and, and, you know, just hang out, be one of the guys. But, you know, if I, if I need to get stern, I will, I think, uh, you know, on game days and, and uh, you know, for sure uh, in the locker room before the game, I'm pretty serious, but, you know, I don't know. I just try and be myself more than anything. I think that's the most important thing. I think uh, you're in that position for, for a reason. Jack, I think you got something to do. Um, as a captain of a, of a team that, you know, hasn't had crazy success in, in the NHL, but as an American born leader, you know, I've talked about with this with Mac L too, you know, a lot of the captains are Canadian. Um, a lot of the guys you see hoist the Stanley cup are Canadian. You have something, I think Hatcher might've been uh, Dustin Brown, but not many guys have the chance to, to lead like a, a city that is begging for, you know, some, some quality hockey uh, into a championship. And, uh, for me, I look at you, not only do I think you're one of the fucking best skaters and <laughs> stick handlers, shooters I've ever seen and played the game, but the guys I've talked to about you say the same thing. Um, I had a question about glue guys in your team and the importance that, uh, like a guy, like a glue guy, like a Jimmy Hayes or a fucking up dog or, you know, Obes, but who are the guys in your room that, you know, take a little bit of the pressure off you on most days, you know, when things are... Things get dark and gloomy. Yeah, like guys you can it, lean in on. the middle of winter. Guys you can lean on. Like, who are those guys for you? You know, the first guy that comes to mind when you think about somebody that I lean on a lot, and you know, especially young young guy. I mean, I've I'm, I'm still trying to find my way in this league and, and and learn every day from the guys that have been doing it for a lot longer than me. So I go to Kyle Pozo for a lot. I mean, he's uh, you know, he's he's an island guy, so I'm sure Cons knows him. Yeah, a little bit, but good great dude. hockey player too. <laughs> yeah, good dude. Yeah, yeah he had a scary player. thing happen to him too, man. But I could yeah, see him being yeah. a glue guy. You know, I call him Yoda. He's like the guy in our team that everyone kind of goes to. He's just like uh, older. He's just so That's wise and smart. Alex, and Alex Steen's nickname. That was at his first game, Akposo, man. Yoda on this on, on his sticks. That's fucking what is that's his nickname on his sticks. How about Carter Hutton? One of my all time yeah. favorite fucking. Yeah, tendies. I was gonna bring him. No, Hutt is great. Hutt is. You know how it's like he's like a ball buster. Someone does something stupid in the room. He's like the first guy to call him out or just be laughing at <laughs> Competitive. Like, you need those guys in the yeah. room, as you guys know. Like that's so important. I had a blast with Hutsey one night. The first night I met him, we're in St. Louis. Um, we go, we get introduced at the St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. Yeah. This is the first year. So him and Stacy, his wife, are there. And we're all up in the suite, fucking first innings over. And I'm just looking at my watch. He's like, where you got to go up, dog? I'm like, I don't know if you know the band, the Arkells, but they're playing at this little venue, but they're opening for this other guy. And they're going on in like 25 minutes and I got to get the fuck out of here. He's like, he's like, and I hear Stacy. She's like, did he just say the Arkells are playing? So of course they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm like, well, we got to kind of sneak out of here, but yes, we're, we're leaving. So we, you know, we sneak off, we leave the ball game, third inning, we go to this show and right from there, we stay. We have beers with the with Max, uh, who actually knows Ryan O'Reilly super well. Um, and it was like my first night, just crushing beers with Hutsey. And I, I was immediately was like, this guy's gonna be perfect for our dressing room and perfect for me on the road if he likes to go to concerts like this. So it's nice to have a guy like that. You gotta have a guy, a guy on your team that you can go to concerts with, and it's huge, Ike's right. I, yeah, I was gonna say I actually went to the uh, I went to the Arkell show last uh, last year in Buffalo with Hutsey and his wife. Sweet. Hilarious, I took yeah. him under my wing. Now he's taking you under his wing. That's, that's, how, that's, well, that's, that's how you do it. That's how we breed him, Jimmy. Live and learn. Live and learn, bud. <laughs> but Jack, I wanted to uh, ask you guys about Buffalo goes out and grabs Taylor Hall 
And it's obviously a team, like you said, you guys have been struggling, missing the playoffs here and there. What do you think is the biggest missing piece in Buffalo right now? Obviously, he uh, settles the skill and speed issue, but what type of um, characteristics does your team need to add? Do you need to add more speed, more skill, or is it toughness? Like, what type of lineup are you guys going to need to be successful moving forward? I think you see it in the league now, and I don't think it's changed. I mean, I know the league's trying to go younger, but I mean, I think that you still need those older guys, the veteran guys, the guys that have been there at one. I, I think you need them in your locker room, first of all, and then you need them on the ice. And, you know, we've definitely been young. We've been in a transition for a few years now. And, you know, there's always young guys coming through the organization. And, you know, you want to see everyone have success. But I think, uh, you know, you look at the transformation that our team made this offseason. I mean, we added Eric Stahl. You know, obviously, he's won a cop. He's been around the league for a while. A guy like Cody Eakin, a guy like Halsey. I mean, these are guys, established guys in the league that are, you know, older veteran guys. I think that they bring a lot on the ice. I mean, Taylor Hall, MVP a few years ago, obviously, he's going to bring a lot to the game. But I think they bring a lot to the locker room and, and just, just overall culture of your group. I think uh, it's important to add guys like that. It's so hard to win when you're young. And I think when, uh, you know, when you think about the teams that have won, I mean, St. Louis, they were older team veterans, Tampa. I mean, they're, they've been, feels like that group's been together forever. Um, Washington, older team, older teams win. Got to add some good character, older guys. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important to, you know, have that veteran presence in the room and on the ice. So I think it was good for us to add that this off season. So we'll see We'll see what happens. Yeah, I want to get your opinion on on one thing that I've noticed, and, and you're a superstar player. Like, it seems to me like a lot of these GMs now, like it's like you got to build a team to get you in the playoffs to have enough skill and speed. But then when you get in the dance, you need the Patty Maroons. You need you need the veteran guys, like you said. Do you do you find that in the league now that okay, we got to get in the playoffs, but then when we get in the playoffs, it's, you you need those veteran guys. It's, it's kind of hard for these GMs, is what I'm saying. No, I mean, it's super hard. I mean, look at uh, look at the teams that made it this year. I mean, look at Dallas. It's an older group. I mean, the people that they had in the offseason, Pavelski, Perry, some of these guys that uh, weren't there the year before. I mean, these guys have played, you know, 1,000 games in the NHL. They've been around for a while. So, obviously, yeah, I think I think it's important. I mean, it's uh, I'm not going to try and be a GM here because it's probably the toughest job in the world. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely agree with you that uh, – you need the older guys, you need the veteran presence, you need guys like that to calm the the bench down when things get going and you're not, things aren't going the right way. I mean, uh, I think it says a lot. Let me ask you about your, uh, so Hutsey mentioned to me yesterday, we had a little chit chat. Uh, I'm like, what makes him tick? You know? And I know you play with edge, like you play on edge. You're super aggressive. I love the style you play. Uh, but he's like, you got to ask him about his breathing. He does these, he's like, he skates up the ice and he holds onto the puck for fucking a minute long and he's taking these breaths and you can hear it in practice and stuff or like during the game, it's wild. But is there anything that, has there any sort of tricks of the trade you got here for anyone? Jesus, Hutsy put me on the spot. No, I don't even know what he's talking about there, to be honest. <laughs> well, fuck, maybe, okay, maybe fucking he's Fucking goalies, eh? Ike's fucking goalies, man. They don't know what they're talking about. I picture this. I used, to get, I used to get tired about 25 seconds into my shift. If I held onto the puck, it'd be like seven seconds I'd be, I'd be like okay change talk about maybe just your training or or you know what what elevates you to that level that you're able to like just move the way um you i don't know i think it was after my second or third year like the season's just so long and you play so many games you travel so much and if you're playing a lot and you're you're constantly going over the boards i think it's uh i just think the conditioning aspect of i think it's just the most important thing i mean i think weightlifting obviously is important and and, and whatever but you know, obviously it takes a toll on your body. I just think being, being in good condition and being in good physical shape. And, and, you know, I, I heard Stammer talk about it a little bit uh, on his episode about like, you know, just being on the ice more, skating more, maybe, uh, you know, less wear and tear in the gym on your body. And I've tried to take that approach as well, where I'm, I'm not skating, you know, five times a week at the beginning of the summer, but, you know, as it starts going, yeah, I'm definitely trying to skate more and, and, uh, you know, trying not to, you know, kill myself in the gym, try and keep myself healthy and make, make sure that when I do get on the ice, I feel good. And uh, a lot of that has to do with conditioning. And um, But I don't know what he's talking about, the breathing, the breathing. most of the time. <laughs> he's most like, he's time. a beast. You should just, like, we could hear him, like... I, I could. I mean, I are could, you huffing and puffing out there, right? So let's go, from a guy who used to huff and puff out there, I know all about that. Are you huffing and puffing? He's huffing and puffing in here today. Cheeks are 
bright red, but that might be about it. <laughs> the old furnace face. I used to get the old furnace face out there myself. There's a difference between huffing and puffing and meditative breathing. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I'm just saying, Ike doesn't know what he was talking about. So I'm like, maybe if you're if you're working hard out there, Ike, you're you're breathing heavy. That that was always my excuse. But <laughs> Ike's one last thing, and I'm going to turn it over to Broadway. I'm interested when you got drafted to Buff. Listen, Buff gets a bad rap sometimes, but. It was one of the places on the road where I love the fans there. It's a great hockey city. And old Chippewa Street, Ikes. I know I missed the odd curfew on Chippewa. When you were a young kid, you went to Buff. Did You, you kind of like the city, right? It, it, it's sneaky kind of good, Chippewa Street. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I think uh, so when I was, when I was my first few years, well, my first year I lived at Molson, so I was from outside the city. So I kept my... I kept myself off Chippewa as much as I could, but definitely made <laughs> on there a little bit. And then... Uh, the next, the next two years, actually, uh, Rhino and I had a house downtown, so we uh, we found our way to Chippewa a decent amount and uh, the neighboring areas as well. And uh, now we had we had some good times when we lived together. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. You got to have a couple little holes in the wall. No one. I'm, knows, I'm telling you what, no Chippewa Street, are, man. Yeah. I I went to this wedding in the summer. There was Brad Richardson. Woo. We had a time, and I would always, Buff was one of the towns where I would go out for dinner, and then I'd poke my head over there. And Strong fan base for, in Buffalo. Yeah, right, for me, know? and it's just like, I was a single guy. I knew the New girls. Team. I knew the girls at Chippewa Street would probably be hockey fans to some certain extent, and I always enjoyed Buff, and I know a guy like Taylor Pyatt, who played in Buffalo, loved it, and, and guys that have played there, you know, I'm not talking about winning or losing, but just the city, the fans, and yeah, now you got the Bills, or Bills are humming, the Bills Mafia, so... I got a soft spot in my heart for Buff. I always had a good time there, and I was just curious what, how Ike's enjoyed it when he first Fuck, got they there. They lost a tough one this weekend, didn't they? The yeah. Bills, the Bills? Oh, on a Hail Fuck. Mary. Yeah. That was something. That's going to be on a bad beats. Scott Van Pelt, bad beats, too, by the way. I that love that QB. He's gonna I be love you got Bills. mossed. Oh, yeah, you got mossed for sure. Hazy, you got anything else for Ike's? Yeah, Ike's. I, I think people might just assume that you just got this God-given talent, and, and everyone understands how hard you work, but can you explain to our listeners like what you do for the working on your shot. Like you got an elite shot in this league. Yeah, I know you work with the shot doctor. Are you still working with him? And what are you doing to perfect that shot that you have with him? Um, you know, yeah, I used to work with him. I, I started working with him when I was in, uh, I think when I was at, at, at BU, I used to, uh, I don't know how much I, I used to ditch. I used to be ditching classes and going and, and, and getting <laughs> with the shot. It's okay. I used to pay it we off. We all did. We all ditched class. I used to pay it off, bro. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I used to I used to skip class here and there and, and go shoot with him. So I, I work with him for a few summers, and then uh, yeah, as I've just gotten more into the stuff that I'm doing with OT on the ice, shooting whatever, um, I've kind of gotten a little bit further away from you know working with Glenn. Not to say you know that that Glenn's not awesome. I think he's a fantastic guy, and obviously what he teaches is great. Uh, but I, I've just uh, I've really got into the stuff that Adam's teaching and. Uh, I think we're on the same page with a lot of things. And I, I mean, I just think that he's got a great perspective on, you know, offense, creating offense, shooting, whatever it might be. So I, I've really gotten into that. And, and I think that that's really helped me. The other weird thing, and, and this is Patty Kane told me this uh, at the world championships. He was like, uh, if you notice, he shoots low a lot. And uh, that was one big thing that I started doing last year. Uh, I don't, I don't, hopefully there's no, don't give out too much information. Take it easy. Patty Kane said, uh, he was talking about shooting low and I was trying to shoot low, whether it be low blocker, five hole, low gloves, and, uh, you know, how much more of an opportunity you give yourself to score. So, you know, that was one of the big things that I tried to focus on this year was just trying to, you know, whatever it might be, pick, pick lower corners. Cause you know, I found the first few years I was missing the net a lot, trying to pick, uh, pick the top corner here and there. And, uh, you don't even give yourself a chance then. So, um, just shooting lower this year, I think, helped me out. But how nice is it when it does go top titty? Hey, I actually think, hey, hey little, the, 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 the fans of Buff like that when it does go. But I agree with what you're saying. I'd be listening to Patty Kane no matter what. Yeah, I was going to say. He's yeah, a good guy to uh, listen to. He shoot through my legs a few times. I know that. I'd be like, I think I got this. <laughs> right through my legs, no problem. But. All right, can I ask my question? Yeah, can I, can ask I, your I, question, Cods. Okay, um, so again, it's on Instagram. Who knows? I mean, I know everybody's friends. It's before the game, but you and Evander Kane, I guess it's after he after he leaves, and you guys are kind of at both at center ice, and he, I don't know. I just couldn't tell if you guys were, I, I, I couldn't tell the, t the temperature, but he said like, oh, I see they uh, started letting you wear my number, and you're like, yeah, they also added a letter. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> or something. I was just wondering, is that like friendly thing, or was there a little yeah, we, yeah, we were joking around. I was actually, 
I was actually pretty close with Kaner when he was in Buffalo. So yeah, I mean, I got along well with him. Obviously, uh, he's a he's a controversial guy at times, and uh, but I no, looked I, annoyed, I bro. You looked annoyed. What's that? Cod just Cod just trying to stir the pot here. You looked annoyed in the in the, in the Instagram clip. That's all. I'm oh no, no. I mean, no. Nah, I was, was like, trying to play tough before the game a little. <laughs> uh, no, he always has something to say though, so I had he to give him a little step back. Oh yeah, well you slayed him. That was a one. That was a first round knockout. Yeah, that's that a conversation good was that's over. That's a fucking really yeah, good shirt. Yeah, they put a letter on there too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I, we were talking about this before we got you on. Um, you know, and it was a guy that's in your situation. That you guys didn't play do the return to play. Have you heard when you guys may start? How are you doing mentally? Trying to get ready for the season? How are you holding up? Or, or what are you hearing on your end? Jeez, I've been hearing a lot of different things. At times, I was hearing. Beginning of January, like season start, and then I was here in camp start in January, where season starts in February. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really know exactly. I don't, I don't want to say an exact time because I don't know. I mean, I would think, you know, hopefully, I think the 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 actual season's hoping to start in, in January. So let's just pray for that. As soon as, as soon as it can, we'll be happy. I think that there's a there's probably some issues with the border and, yeah. and the Europe back and all that sort of thing. So. I don't know how quick it's going to happen knowing that Thanksgiving's next week, but I don't know. I mean, I, I've tried to just take it. It's obviously been a really long off season for me starting in March. You know, I, I've tried to take it like three or four weeks, you know, train pretty hard at a time and then, you know, take a week off and relax and then do that sort of thing. So I don't burn myself out just because I've had so much time, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely itching to play. It just, it feels weird right now sitting here in November, not, not playing hockey. Yeah, I bet. Kind of like our program, th- three weeks on, yeah, <laughs> one off. Three weeks on, miss a Monday or Tuesday. Just keep working on your golf game. You're in a good area of the world. You know, stick handling pucks with Otzi and then hitting, hitting pine tree yeah. with the boys. Yeah, you're you're in a good spot. You're that's a good veteran move heading down to Florida. So, Ike's, we appreciate it. Uh, we're pulling free here at Mister Curfew, buddy. Like I said, the day I met you at Coachella. Uh, I knew you turned into the leader you are, so I'm proud of you. Keep the ball straight. Keep winning some money on the cash. And up, dog, what else you got? Yeah, no, legendary, legendary guest, my friend. You're a Hall of Famer. Keep going. Uh, good things in Buffalo with you as their captain. Ike's looking forward to watching you play this year whenever you do play. And uh, whenever I'm back in Boston, give Broadway a ring. You come down to Broadway's basement bar right in the back, bud. Got a couple of beds for you. Yeah, I'd like to get down there with Ike's, maybe catch a buzz in that Broadway basement. It looks like a place to catch a good one. Yeah, boys, thanks so much for having me. Love the pod. Hey, Jack, before we release this episode, maybe we edit out that low shot part. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want that being <laughs> right around the boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Right. I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't want them to know that next year going into the season. Oh, I just go on to the bar every yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thanks for joining bar us, Mexico. Buddy. Thanks, Ike. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Of course, pal. Well, ups. Um, thanks to Jack Eichel. Ike's great kid. I met him in Coachella. I loved his character right then. Uh, he's a leader. He's a pro. Thanks to him. What, you, what were your thoughts on him? He's a legend. He's one of the NHL's young, bright stars. And you got to love a guy who's who's young but has such a good taste in music and who's going to you know, lead younger players in the next generation. Um, leads by example. Captain of the fucking Buffalo Sabres. So they're lucky to have him, and we're lucky to have him on. What yes. a guest. So thanks to Jack Eichel. Updog, as always, thank you, buddy. Action Park Media, thank you. Lots of new merch coming out merch, for the holidays. Hit us up with the merch. We got a sick hoodie coming out, Up Dogs, put together. So. Three new hoodies. We got a toque for all you fucking cold people up for in all Canada. The up Our north. fans up there. And uh, for the listeners, all the hats you ordered, uh, there's a new batch coming. So if you don't get your hat right away and you ordered one, uh, it'll be in the mail soon. Uh, looking sharp like me and Obes. <laughs> Thanks for your support, Up Dog. Like always, a pleasure. And we'll be talking next week, fella. All right. Peace.